that. And it's in Jesus' name we all pray, amen. Well, I am not Pastor Mike, I am Pastor Chris, and I am the Life Group's pastor. And uh, I wanna share you a little bit of a story. I don't know about you guys, but how many of you guys like chaos? Anybody, anybody a, a friend of chaos? You're like, yeah, I wake up every morning, like what chaos could be created so that I can just live within it? Anybody like that in the mornings? Or anybody go, yeah, I'd prefer not to have any chaos. Anybody? Okay, good, I'm within safe company. You know, and some of you guys are saying, oh my gosh, yeah, he's totally missing the ball. Uh, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about chaos because um, I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to, uh, I was leaving, I was in Lake Tahoe this, uh, this weekend for a wedding. And so, and, and in coming back from the wedding, I'm like, okay, what time do I need to leave Lake Tahoe? Because I want to spend as much time there as possible to get back for church. And that's what I plan, guys. I, I do get paid to do this, so that's part of it. But what time do I need to get back to church so that I can arrive before first service and then do all my pastoral duties? And so I was like, okay, you kind of counted backwards. Okay, I gotta get up at four, and then we're gonna leave at five, so that way we can get here, get home at eight, kind of undo our luggage, and then get over here for services. Well, right around six o'clock, so about an hour into our drive, I get a text from Pastor Mike. And Pastor Mike texted me. He didn't call me, maybe I understand why, but he texted me and says, hey, Chris, I, I have a bug, and I was wondering if maybe you could preach. You're sitting back there going, oh my gosh, what are we gonna hear today, right? Like I go, because at six o'clock, I knew that at nine o'clock, I was going to be preaching. And I was going, Lord, I have no idea what you're doing. He goes, I hate, and he actually used this. He goes, I hope you have your backup sermon ready to go. And what I also thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not even gonna get home to even read the backup sermon, so I might as well make one up this morning as I'm driving. And so I do wanna let you know that as I was driving here this morning, my wife was actually, I was driving, she was on my phone and on my notes, and, and she was just typing it in, so my wife contributed to probably half of this message. So I just wanna say thank you to her, because she's incredible. Uh, she spells a whole lot better, so, and, and then all I did when I got here was I just went, printed my notes, and this is it. And so, so I just wanna let you guys know that it's true, that it, it happened that way. But one of the things that I did was I went, all right, God, it's gotta be you. This is very chaotic, and, and, I, and one of the things that I started to learn as I, as I started embracing this was going, Lord, it, it has to, I have to give all these things to you. But that wasn't even part of the chaos that happened this weekend. You see, I was up in Lake Tahoe for a wedding, and I, one of the coolest things that I get to do as part of preaching or being a pastor is I get to do weddings. And so that's not a plug, by the way, it's not an advertisement. You're like, oh, he's so good, I'm gonna get him to do wedding. But one of the things that I had an opportunity to do is when we're in, in Lake Tahoe on Friday, we get there for the rehearsal. And the rehearsal, it is like mid-70s, right? It is gorgeous. They rented a beautiful cabin right on the lake. And they had all the chairs leading right up to the lake. They, they built this really cool like mountain-type background. And we did the rehearsal. And we're like, all right, we're gonna go to dinner. Dinner was great. Um, and then as we left... Um, I don't know if you guys have this habit, but I go to my app and I look at the weather and say, what's tomorrow's weather gonna be like? I know I'm gonna wear a suit, but I'm like, what's the weather gonna be like? Well, as you start looking at the weather and the app, and now all of a sudden they, with the new upgrade, you can actually go hour by hour, almost like minute by minute, and you're looking at it and I'm going, wait, where are we doing the service at? Okay, it's gonna happen in this location. And so all of a sudden you kind of scroll right to it 
and it looks like it's going to snow in the middle of their wedding. Mid-70s on Friday, now we're on Saturday, and now we're going, okay. So we're at the moment, we're at the wedding, and, and it's, you can feel the wind. Actually, at night, on, Saturday, on Friday night, it was like one of those things where you knew something was blowing in. And at nighttime, I'm trying to sleep, and you know, I'm thinking, I have no kids with me. I have my wife with me. I should be able to sleep. And all you heard in the middle of the night for the entire night was this. And I'm like, I could either be in Tracy or in Lake Tahoe, right, with the wind that was kind of going on. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, will you please be with the couple, please be with the family as they're preparing, because I knew that they were scrambling. And so the day comes, and there is this beautiful pocket that is happening, right? And the clouds, it seem like it's surrounding the mountains. The sun is out, and I'm thinking, I take off my bigger coat, and I just put on my suit jacket, and I'm thinking, okay, it should be at this time. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes the weddings don't start when they're supposed to. I'm not putting any blames on it, right? Because they might be reviewing this message later on. And so what happens is, is that there's just enough lag time, maybe 15 minutes or so, where I finally kind of nudged dad and I said, hey dad, can you go check on the bride? Can you go check on your daughter? Because I think the storm is coming in. He goes, okay, I'll check it. So sure enough, he goes and checks with his daughter and about you know, another 15 minutes comes by and says, okay, she's ready to go. And so we're a go and, the, and, and we're starting the ceremony. And so I'm standing there, the backdrop behind me is the lake, the people are right there in front of me. And then as I start to deliver the message, snow begins to fall. And the bride, she's wearing a normal bride's dress. There's no sweater or jacket or anything else in there. Everybody else is like, hey, where'd everything go? And all of a sudden, it just starts pouring down snow. And then guess what? They also wanted to include a foot washing ceremony that was part of this. And so as I kind of like as I'm going through this, but the one thing I had to do right at the beginning was say, I had to pause and I said, I wanna let you guys know something. Only God can provide a backdrop like this. How gorgeous it is. Now I'm saying that and everyone's like, yeah, it is beautiful, isn't it? Yes. I mean, again, it's, uh, we probably have some video of it. Maybe I'll show it in another message. But what happens is, is that it, it becomes this moment and they do the foot washing ceremony and I'm thinking at this point, they're, like they're pouring ice cubes over each other's feet as they're kind of trying to do it and then they're trying to dry it and then you're trying to put the shoes on, can't even put the socks on after that and so he's like tossing the socks back behind the backdrop and by the end of the ceremony and by going into the reception, beginning to hail, then beginning to rain, then beginning to snow more and it's just powder everywhere. Everyone was smiling. Everyone was going, this was awesome. This is gonna be memorable. And what happened was what could have been a chaotic moment turned into a moment that was truly honoring to God. And you had the couple, they were dancing, and it was like at that point, by the end of the night, it was like, okay, it's time for me to go home because I gotta wake up at five o'clock in the morning not knowing what God had in store for me in that moment. But that wasn't even all that was going on this week. 
You see, middle of the week, I get a call from my family and saying that my uncle had passed away down in Mexico, my brother's, my, my, not my brother, my father's brother, and it was just like one of those kind of heavy moments because I just saw him actually a year ago this week when I had to go pick up my father, or actually a year, two years ago this week when I had to go pick up my father who was sick at the time, and I remember seeing everybody and being able to embrace everybody. I'm going, man, Lord, I thank you for the moment for allowing me to be able to connect with him. And then in addition to that, you know, you get a call uh, because we're pastors, we get these really difficult calls sometimes and you get a call from a dad who's a good friend of mine he's saying, Chris, I need some prayer. My child is sick and is in pain and you're gonna go in, Lord, what do you do with all of these moments as you're saying, God, this is getting too chaotic for me. And it brought me to this idea though and I wanna share it with you this morning because it was something that was shared to me 30 years ago In a couple of months, I will have been a follower of Christ for 30 years. And there was this illustration that was shown to me, basically, when someone was just leading me and saying, hey, I wanna tell you about it. And there was this book that they used to use when I was in high school called The Four Spiritual Laws. Anybody remember The Four Spiritual Laws? And again, it's this little yellow book. And in this yellow book, there is these two circles that represent your life. And one of the things that they have you kind of read is that you see this circle, and in this circle, this, I'm gonna say, this represents this first circle, and there's a chair that is inside that circle. And in that chair, there are two symbols. There's one that shows a cross, and there's one that shows an S. And the S stands for self, and the cross stands for, you're in church, you're going, what is the answer? Today, it's Jesus, right? And so Jesus is the answer. So yeah, so, and there's a cross. And then they have all of these little dots that kind of represent your life. And in this circle, all of these dots are all spread out through the entire circle. And in that diagram, there is the S sitting down on that chair, which is to represent the throne of your life. So S is saying, I get to make the choices. And the cross is at our feet. And what happens is, is that it's kind of representing this idea that sometimes there's chaos that's happening in your life, and what happens is, is that self is making those choices, and sometimes that chaos, everything seems so out of order, everything feels so out of control, everything feels like, what am I doing? I, have, I want to be able to straighten this out, but it's not straightening out, because cross is sitting at our feet. And then they have this second circle. In this diagram, in the second circle, there's a little bit, looks a little bit different. But it's something that's super important for us to understand as we get into this passage that we're gonna read here this morning. Because what happens is, is without a relationship with Jesus, this circle does not make sense. This circle, who do you think is sitting on that throne? Hey, you guys know the answer, right? Jesus is sitting on that throne. Where do you think self is positioned? Self is positioned at the feet of the cross. And then around the circle, in an orderly fashion, is all of those circles. But here's something really important to understand. The chaos is still in both. But what's happening to the chaos is what matters most. And what's gonna happen as we read this passage 
is that you, as you listen to it, you, someone may have shared you this passage before and maybe you wanted to punch him in the throat when you were going through something very difficult. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask you to open up your Bibles or open up your Bible apps because guess what? There's nothing on the screens today because this was happening as I was driving, didn't have a chance to do all the notes. But open up to the book of James. And I want you to open up to James chapter one and we're gonna be reading verses two through seven. And just to kind of give you a little bit of context here, is this is James, this is, the, this is the, the brother of Jesus, or some would say the half-brother of Jesus, and he's writing it, and I will tell you from what he has seen to about what, his, what was done to his brother is that he understands chaos. He understands the things that were happening in his life, and what he's doing is his audience is this circle right here. Because to this circle, you may be sitting back and going, I want to punch you in the throat. So let's go ahead and read this passage and kind of we're going to talk a little bit about it here this morning. And so it starts with this. It says in verse two, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So if any of you lacks what? Wisdom. He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he also must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind and that man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord because he is double-minded. He's a double-minded man and unstable in all that he does. And I wanna share with you this quick moment because when my friend who called and said, hey, my child is sick and out of control, I cannot do anything for my child, he just said, what can you do? And I just started praying, and as I was praying for him and along with him and sending texts of prayers with him, the one thing that this passage popped up and said, you need to share this with him. But I will tell you, When somebody is going through something very difficult, whether it's a sick child, whether it's a death, whether it's an illness, whether it's just something that feels so out of control, and you share a passage like, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, you know, and and, and all of a sudden you're thinking, well, wait a second, you're thinking I should be happy about this? You think I should kind of understand what you're kind of doing through this part of it? Yeah, of course, because it's gonna develop perseverance and perseverance must finish this work in you so that you might be complete and and not lacking anything. And all of a sudden, that's probably when the throat punch happens. (laughs) Because you're trying to tell somebody that this circle is no longer part of your life. What you're saying is this circle is where you need to be focused on. You see, in our Bible, it talks about that this circle kind of, there's this idea that our God is the alpha and the omega. And in the alpha part, in the beginning, he is our creator. He is the person, he is at the beginning. And at the beginning of not only this world, but the beginning of your life, that when he knitted you in your mother's womb, he knew what your life was gonna be created to do. He knew that there was gonna be things in your life, and maybe at some point, Maybe you're living at some point with a disease or a defect or something that's going on in your life and you're going, God, why? 
And what's happening is that at par of the alpha, he's going, I know the end. He's not just the beginning, but he's also the end. And you see, when somebody comes to you and they're saying, hey, my friend, my family, a family member is at, at death's door, or maybe they have died, and you're sharing a verse, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What you're trying to point them to is to the Omega, who says death has lost its sting, that even in death, it no longer holds anything over your life as a Christ follower. And what happens is, is that even if this person it leads to death, that you have to recognize that there is a God and a creator and a person who has died for that person that they're going to see face to face. And in my Bible and in the ones that we're reading here this morning, he also says that I'm going to wipe away all their tears and that there's no more pain and that there's no more suffering but I'm telling you, it has to go when we look at a passage in James and it's telling you to consider it pure joy because God has a story that he's writing between the Alpha and the Omega in your life. God has a story that he wants to use in order to help you get to those points where you are developing perseverance. And that when you do get the call, maybe it is someone in your own life or it's a friend in your life or it's something going on in your life or maybe it's a job or career that's at jeopardy and you're sitting there and you're going, God, is this even worth it? What's going on? I feel like I'm out of control. And God is telling us that you have to consider it pure joy because what's gonna happen is I'm gonna show you what you're, what, what's gonna happen in your life in these most extreme moments where you feel like you're dipping down. So what we're gonna do is there's three things that, that are gonna come from this message, and I'm still surprised that I actually came up with three things in two hours on the way up here, but we're gonna kinda talk a little bit about how do we weather those storms? How do we weather those things when they come so that we can consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds. And the first one, and again, it's not even in your notes. Write it on your hands, type it in your phones, or just keep it right here, or just watch it on video, or on demand. So, sorry, bad commercial. <laughs> this is the last time Pastor Mike is gonna ask me to preach. No. But the first thing is, is that we need to weather it with God. We need to weather these storms with God. You see, what happens is, is that when he is at the throne, the position that we take has to be here. It is probably one of the most humbling positions that you could take with anybody. During the wedding ceremony, when each one of them had to kneel down and wash the other person's feet, it's a mark of humility. And what happens is, is that you take this moment and you're saying, maybe whatever I am thinking, maybe whatever I have been doing it still feels like chaos in my life. And what we are actually doing is when we're submitting and surrendering whatever it is, whatever circumstance is going on in our lives, what we need to be doing is saying, God, you take it. And I'm telling you, it doesn't just go instantly, boom, nice a circle. 
But what I can tell you is this, it's developing in your life and that one day, maybe half of those things in the chaotic circle are now in order and maybe the bottom sides or maybe God is revealing to you all of those areas. Because I will even tell you as a pastor who stands on this stage that I'm still a broken pastor, I'm still a broken man, I've still weathered through the areas of my areas of life, and when I go to our Celebrate Recovery, God not only put me in over the seeing Celebrate Recovery, but I attend Celebrate Recovery, why? It's because that's where I'm able to yield a lot of those brokenness in a place that's healthy, in a place that it teaches me how to work through those areas. And that when I go to those places, I say, hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm going through grief from the loss of a son. I'm going through anger, through processing those areas. I go through those areas and I'm saying, grief, anger, anxiety, guess what? I was anxious coming up here at first service going, oh my gosh, I got here on campus at 8.30. 8.30. Print this thing out. All right, we're a go. But I also knew that I had to surrender it to God. And it was only going to be God that was going to deliver this because guess what? If I start delivering it, it's looking more like that. And so what happens is is you need to weather it with God. Here's the second thing. You need to weather it with your community. You need to weather it with your community. And I know you must be thinking, okay, Chris, life groups pastor, shameless plug on community. But yes, I do wanna tell you a couple of things. One, after I received the text from Mike, I got this call. All right, I actually decided to call a couple of people who are part of my actual original step study when I was here, and I said, hey guys, I know you know what I'm, gonna say, what I'm thinking as I send this to you, and I basically texted them and I said, I'm preaching in a couple of hours, pray. And one of them texted back and said, hey, praying right now, and then started sending me a bunch of Spotify music that, he, that he, it was encouraging to him on that day. And as he's sending me all these Spotify music, and then my other buddy's saying, hey, uh, he was actually a friend who helped me pick up my truck when it was in the shop when I was gone in Tahoe. And he said, hey, Chris, what do you need? What, what's your favorite coffee? What do you need? Something. Just tell me whatever you need me to do, and I'm praying for you right now. And I just sat back, and I thought, it's not just those two people that I've called. I, God has put so many great people into my life who are praying for me. And actually, during the middle of the week, I got a call saying, hey, God put me on your, put, put me on your heart. Can, how can I pray for you? And I'm going, God was preparing me in the middle of the week for what I was going to experience this weekend. But I also had to go to my community and saying, listen, this is what's going on in my life. When I go on my life groups on Monday nights, I share those areas because we go deeper into what's going on because there's just still so much more going on in my life that I go, if I try to do it here, you're going, oh my gosh, Chris is really that broken. Wow, man, that stinks. Did you realize he was that broken? You're like, no, I didn't realize it. But the reality is, is that we need to do it, we need to weather it in community because when we have community in our lives, those are the people we go to when the chaos starts to begin, or when you need to figure out where to do with that chaos. And one of the things that I have found more times than not is that those people in my life that he's orchestrated in the alpha, that eventually they were gonna be in my life, and they knew how to work with me in my life and how to work through those areas. And so one of the key things is just to continue to remember is that you need to find wherever that community is because that is where God begins to truly strengthen you. 
The last point for today is this, is that we need to, and actually this has been a developing one. My wife actually texted me after first service and she says, you should try this point and it works better. I'm like, all right, so I'm gonna share you the, the converted point and it's basically that we need to start weatherproofing our life. At the wedding, one of the things that people had anticipated, because somebody actually looked at the weather app way ahead of time and saw that there might be a chance of some rain during the wedding. So what they did is they bought a bunch of umbrellas for the wedding. So that way, in case it started to snow, rain and stuff, I'm like, that is so genius, right? Well, what happened is, is that during the middle of the ceremony, as it's going, those umbrellas sat back by the table and it was just sat back there during that time frame. And I was, all I'm thinking was, oh, we could totally use an umbrella right now. And I'm trying, my notes are starting to get wet. And now I'm going, I'm trying to hold it in between each time we're doing something. And I'm going, what's going on? And what happens is, is this. God has equipped you for what you need when you need it. God has equipped you for what you need when you need it if you're preparing for it. How does he do that? Well, for the last five weeks, Pastor Mike has been encouraging all of us to get into God's word. He's been saying, hey, here's the devotions. We're sending out devotions. We're handing out devotions. And you're, maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I've been doing devotions, and guess what? My life seems to be pretty tame right now. And maybe you're thinking, well, God's been good in my life. And maybe there's something that's going on chaotically that's about to happen or has happened and what happens is that when we go to God's word, what it's doing is it's training us to listen to God. It's reminding us that when he says that he loves you and that there's nothing else that is hidden that he says, and he reminds you saying, for all of sin and falls short of the glory of God. Well, that reminds us that saying, listen, why is it do I feel like I have to be perfect either on the stage or whether perfect in these seats because God's saying, well, we're all imperfect, you see, what happens is, is that when I talk to people who don't go to church, outside this church, and they automatically think, well, anybody that goes to, goes to a church must be perfect. You hear it, though, right? And everyone's going, who, who's perfect here? And I'm glad none of you raised your hands. Maybe someone was just about to, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna answer that one. <laughs> but the reality is, is that if we all know in this room that we're not perfect, yet the world looks at us as thinking we're supposed to be perfect, where is the disconnect? Where is the disconnect? And what happens is, is that as we are going through our life, as we go into God's word, and as we hear who we are to him, we will also hear how much he loves us in spite of us, that God sent his son Jesus down to die for us even though we were still sinners. And so what happens is, is that there has to be this reconnection with what's going out in the world so that people will understand saying, oh, wait a second, you are just like me. You have chaos in your life. You see, again, going back to those circles, chaos is happening over here. Guess what is happening over here in a Christ-following life? There is still chaos. But when we surrender it to God, he is taking control of it. He is putting it in the order that it needs to be in, in prioritizing it in our lives. And that he doesn't remove it from us because I think sometimes we think, well, I must have done something wrong. That's why something bad is happening to me. Have you ever said that? 
Have you ever just gone to God? So that's why it's important to understand as we go to him through his word. It's important to also that when we, when we talk about getting involved in service, it's not because we just wanna fill slots at the church and say, oh yeah, you need to be part of our, our guest service team. You know, you'd be part of our greeters and our ushers. You need to be out part of it. It's not that, but what it is doing is this. When you're actually serving alongside of people, that's actually where God begins to build those relationships. That wedding will be one of the most memorable weddings that I was a part of. Not because of its perfection, but because everybody rallied together. And after the wedding, everybody was putting, the, they grabbed this big old nine-foot market umbrella. They're grabbing all the umbrellas and everything. They're bringing the heaters out. Everybody was moving all the tables underneath the overhang. And guess what? God began to create it. And, and, and I saw it at the end of the wedding. I'm going, people were smiling, dancing, having fun. And guess what? We honored God in those moments. But it's because everybody came together in those moments when we began to start serving each other. We have to begin to start using the tools that God gives us, whether, again, it's serving, whether it's reading, whether it's praying for somebody, whether it's actually kind of just even saying, hey, maybe I have an extra umbrella. Maybe I need to kind of come alongside to people. And the question becomes today is this, which circle are you gonna choose? What circle are you gonna choose this morning? You see, what happens is, is that you can still choose this because guess what? Chaos is still happening in your life. But the reality is as you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, what am I going to do right now? I'm grieving for someone that I've just lost, a family member. What am I gonna do right now as I'm still trying to figure out how to go ahead and go, okay, Pastor Mike asked me to preach. What are people going to think? And I had to yield that all to God. But the chaos was still here. And as long as Jesus is at my feet, he's going, Go for it, figure it out. Tell me how it goes. Because he knows eventually, unless I have not had a relationship with God, he knows that this is where I need to be. But it's not on the seat, it's on my knees. And if I could remind all of us here this morning, those who are listening online, is that in your walk, unless you take that position of surrender to God, the chaos will never feel to be in control. It'll always manage you. It'll manage your anxiety, it'll manage your hurts, it'll manage your pains, it'll create new anxieties, it'll create new pains, it'll break relationships because you choose not to surrender that to God. But when you look at that picture, God is saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega I created you, I created all of this, and I will work this in order, and do not be afraid, I've got you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, that if anyone is a new creation, says the old is gone and the new has come. If you feel like this is the old and you're waiting for the new, it starts with you getting on your knees and surrendering to God. And if you can't get on your knees, then do it from the position of your heart and in your mind because that is where God begins to create chaos to calm. Whew, Mike does this every week.
So as we close in prayer, choose who organizes your chaos. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna do something old school. I'm gonna ask you to surrender. Sometimes it just takes of us to go, I'm done and I'm putting my hand up. And I'm just going, I, I do that position saying, I surrender. Because what this position means, it means that you're done with the things that you're trying to manage and you're going to allow God to do it. And I'm not gonna tell you how he does it. And I'm also not gonna tell you that he's going to remove the chaos. But I will tell you that he will take it from you. And when you can get to that point where you're saying, God, it's not my will, but yours be done, you're living in the most powerful place a Christ follower can live. So let's pray. Father, thank you for today. God, thank you, Lord, that you did not remove chaos from my life this weekend. Thank you, Lord, that you did not remove chaos from this week. God, thank you, Lord, that in the last 30 years that you have not removed chaos at all. But God, I do thank you that you have shown me a journey that doesn't require me to be at full strength. Your journey requires me to be at my weakest so that you can be at your strongest. And so God, I just wanna pray for everyone here right now. And maybe for some people who are going, is that why I'm still struggling with all the things in my life? I haven't surrendered it fully to God. And if that was you, because it's also me, what I want to encourage you is to slip your hands up in a position of surrender and say, God, I surrender it all to you. I'm tired of trying to figure out on my own. God, I'm tired of being afraid of even death because your word reminds me that death has lost its sting. God, I'm tired of being afraid of living a life of chaos. And God, meet me where I'm at. Meet me where you need me to be. And Lord, I surrender it. I surrender it. And I surrender it all. Just make me new so that I can continue following you and telling people about you through my brokenness. And man, God, will you receive the praise, honor, and the glory through it all. God, we pray for the thousands of people that will be on this campus this day. And God, I pray, Lord, that no matter where they are coming from in their life, may they see a group of people who love the Lord, who will welcome them, love them, hand them a piece of candy, but invite them back to a place of brokenness alongside each one of us and point them to the God who loves us where we're at. That's in Jesus' name we all pray.